0: And I stand to tell y'all, God can change the very worst things in a person's life. Change you. Why? Because he puts his spirit inside of you. His Holy Spirit will come inside your body and change you. And he does changes from the inside out. Religion will constrain you and try to conform you from the outside in. But the problem is, that's very hard to keep. On the great duress, it just don't happen. That's what God's Holy Spirit will do for a man or a woman. He will put his spirit in you, and it doesn't matter if every demon of hell rages against you, you can still be victorious.
1: Thanks for joining us back on the Victor Marx podcast with Victor Marx, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. As we close out 2019, we invite you to celebrate the great work that's been done with us this year. If All Things Possible Ministry has blessed you in any way, or you'd like to help see Victor and Eileen continue their work, feel free to visit victormarks.com to see the many ways your giving can impact their efforts to restore those affected by trauma around the globe and help thousands of women, children, and members of our military find hope, healing, and the power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. This week's live message from Victor comes out of Joshua chapter 7. Like Joshua, sometimes we face great victory and defeat close together. What's our natural response when life goes wrong? Sin indeed catches up to us, and we can become ensnared into its consequences. Victor talks about God's ability to redeem even the very worst because His Holy Spirit can transform us from the inside out. God is personal and faithful to step into our situation. Do you believe it? Here's more from Victor on Walking in Victory.
0: Joshua, he's one of my old-time Old Testament heroes. He's the fella that took over for Moses. When Moses was called to heaven, Joshua was the replacement. And God gave him some personal life coaching tips right at the beginning. Remember he encouraged Joshua, he said, "Hey, don't be afraid, be courageous." He kept telling him, "Don't be afraid. I'll be with you. I'll be with you." Cuz the Lord knows what's going to happen down the road. And The first several chapters are incredible victories of this mighty man of God being head of the children of Israel and leading in victory and victory. And then, burp, we come to a sudden stop. Chapter 7 is surprising to say the least. Suddenly we're presented with a series of failures that stand in striking contrast to the wonderful victories of the first six chapters. How instructive this is if we only have ears to listen to this message. It's kind of like the thrill of victory is quickly replaced by the agony of defeat. Anybody ever had that before? Man, you're just cruising. Things are good. And then, pa-pow! You say, what in the world? This is a story of life and something we each must deal with. One minute we can be living in victory. The next in defeat. You know, the distance between great victory and a terrible defeat is only one step. And often, only a short one at that. I'm grateful that God shares with us the reality of true stories in the Bible so that we can grow, learn, be exhorted, be encouraged, be strengthened, uh sometime have a little holy fear put in us, because we need it. And uh, the problem here is Joshua, they'd had this incredible victory at Jericho. And now they're going after a little town, Ai, and They had probably too much self-confidence because they had all this victory. So they're just going to go in and they didn't send the whole army. He's just going to send a few people and comparatively speaking and what happened, they got bloody nosed pretty good. They got whooped. They underestimated what was going to happen. So they had some men killed and it shook them. I mean, it it shook them pretty good. And in chapter 7 verse 6, we see Joshua's response. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord, he and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their heads, and Joshua said, Oh, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we have been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Back in this time, failure in battle wasn't an option. It wasn't, well, okay, if that happens. It was victory at all costs because here in this time in our age, most battles are fought overseas. But back then, they were, they were traveling together. And when they would come upon a city or whatever, you, you know, there wasn't like a, a welcome sign all the time. Sometimes that city was like, you know what, let's go out and kill them and keep their goodies. That's how they were. So they had to win at all costs. And when you had to turn your back and run away from the enemy, that's not a good thing. Right? Uh, try to imagine, anybody been picked on as a kid? Anybody? Anybody? That's so fun, isn't it? Being bullied. Oh, I got picked on a lot as a kid. And uh, I think about the, the one time we tried to engage our neighborhood bullies. And it uh, didn't work out too well. We were having dirt cloud wars. Anybody remember those? Or is that just a southern thing? Okay. Uh, you're firing dirt clods at them, hoping to beam them. And, uh, I guess I had a big old boy <laughs> of size and stature. And anyway, he, uh, he didn't like it. So he picked up a rock and hurled it and cracked me right in my head, uh, which I turned my back and started running from the enemy at that point as I'm bleeding. And I make it to the house. I was 10 years old, nine years old. I'll never forget. I make it to the house and my head's, remember when your hair would get wet from the blood? <laughs> was that funny? It's all like, oh, am I sweating? No, that's blood. I made it to the house, and I'm I'm dripping. And uh, all I got to say is thank God for older brothers. Because I, I had a couple, and uh, one liked to fight. And uh, he instantly was dispatched by my parents. <laughs> <laughs> to the land of Ai. And... Uh, Unlike me, underestimating the enemy, he didn't. So he went full force. And uh, he caught that kid and beat him pretty good. Let's just give thanks. Lord. No, I'm just <laughs> Still struggling with that issue. No, he, he beat him up. He beat his friends up. My brother liked to fight. Huh? He was like, he had issues. So, you know, <laughs> back in this day, it wasn't just bloody noses and rocks on the head. They didn't even have guns to shoot them. <laughs> to shoot them in the head. But yeah, they it wasn't shooting back then. It was bloody. They used edged weapons predominantly, which meant they were hacking and cutting and running people through. I mean, it was a, it was a bloody mess. But here Joshua, man, he's ripping his clothes. He's so angry. Funny how when things go bad in our life, we're quick to start blaming other people. Hmm? That's kind of what I want to talk to you about this morning. What do you do when life stinks? Our life can be doing so good and then wham, we get hammered. What do you do? What is your natural response? Most of us when our life, when we get bad news, when something goes horribly wrong, you know. How about the friend of mine who recently, two weeks ago, married 11 years, got kids, Christian family. I mean, happy Christian family tells me my wife just served me with a retraining order and divorce papers at the same time and what do you do uh, you know the doctor tells you uh, that lump it's cancerous and you just get rocked to the core of your very soul what do you do you lose your job most of us if we're honest we We'll turn to God quick and we tend to blame Him, don't we? We hold Him accountable for everything. Especially with our theological background. You're sovereign, God. Why? Why are you causing this to happen? To me, I don't deserve this. When the reality is, does God cause everything to happen? Or by His sovereign position... As almighty God who knows everything, but he allows man to make his own choice. And the whole free will of man. I had a young lady tell me, you know, I know God's causing my divorce for a good reason. I went, whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> God ain't like Judge Judy at the court, you know. divorce or whatever. I said, no, no, no. I said, that's your husband's choice. What's amazing and miraculous is how God will work through people's horrible choices. That's God, the Redeemer. He will redeem even what people do for bad. Can anybody attest to that? Raise your hand. See, this is the reality. And I tell you what, it wasn't until later in, in my life that I really understand God as a wonderful Redeemer. Oh, that He can redeem. He can redeem what horrible things people do. And he can redeem what boneheaded things I do. And you go, wow. If, like in the case of Joshua, he quickly finds out why this defeat happened, deal with it biblically. Let's read what it says in verse 10 of Joshua chapter 7. The Lord said to Joshua, remember he's torn his clothes, he's thrown dust on his head, is, ah. the Lord says two words get up he tells Joshua why have you fallen on your face Israel has sinned they have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them they've taken some of the devoted things that they've stolen and lied and put among their own belongings therefore the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies They turn their backs before the enemies because they've become devoted for destruction. That's a heavy little term right there. Them three words. Devoted for destructions. And God... (laughs) You know anybody that's devoted for destruction? Or as a southern way, we all do stupid things, but when you get stuck on stupid, you're in deep trouble. Some people just get caught up by maybe the choice of their own free will, but Hey, there comes a place to where people pursuing their sin, sin, and I'm going to say it, sin, it's sin, catches up to them. And then they don't even want to do it, but they are actually, the Bible says they become bondage to the sin. Does that make sense? The devil has taken them and snared them. I mean, you talk to anyone addicted to, to any type of drug, did they start out like that? Did they start out saying, oh, I can't wait to use dirty needles in a bathroom at a gas station. The guy who struggles with alcoholism, you think he said, oh, man, when I was a kid, I remember drinking beer, I can't wait till my liver just becomes, it becomes bondage. Or even like the letter I have sitting on my desk, which I've got to say, I've never got a letter like this before. In a nutshell, let me just put this: He was a habitual offender, and uh, as a pedophile. And I mean, can God really change the character of people who are pedophiles? I mean, if anybody would stand and start contrast to that, it would be me because uh, I was abused as a kid. But I can tell you, supernaturally, when I stood before. Because they said 60 percent of the people I spoke to at that facility were sexual offenders, And can I just tell you, I'm, I'm just this is crazy. I felt God's love for them. That blew me away <laughs> And this guy wrote and said, "Man, getting caught was one of the best days of my life. He was such in bondage to it. That when he was caught and arrested and incarcerated and he went through treatment, but he came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I stand to tell you, all God can change the very worst things in a person's life. Change you. Why? Because he puts his spirit inside of you. His Holy Spirit will come inside your body and change you. And he does changes from the inside out. Religion will constrain you and try to conform you from the outside in. But the problem is, that's very hard to keep. On a great duress, it just don't happen. That's what God's Holy Spirit will do for a man or a woman. He will put his spirit in you. And it doesn't matter if every demon of hell rages against you. You can still be victorious. You don't have to go back to the lifestyle that held you in bondage. You may hear the whispers. You can stand up with complete confidence and go. You can say this one word that absolutely has power beyond what you could ever imagine. No. Sometimes that's what you got to tell the enemy when the thoughts come in. Do you want to back it up superpower? Just say no in the name of Jesus. Deal with him. The demons flee. They have to. So much of this battle is in our mind. But when people are caught in sin and they get devoted to destruction, they need a touch by Jesus Christ to set them free. And he does, and he can, and he will. And your situation is no different than anybody else that has ever lived. But God is so personal. He'll step into your situation and change it for you. It's the truth of God's word. He goes on to say, God says, I will be with you no more unless, unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. So he tells them again, get up, consecrate yourself on the people, and say, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Now, let me just say this. There was a fella in their group who had taken things. That he wasn't supposed to at one of the victories. He took the spoils of war and he kept them for himself and his family, his kids. And they were supposed to go to the treasury of God. Right? He got greedy. He lied. He deceived. And boom. And that's what God was saying. No, 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 no. Nope. You guys got defeated because there's sin in your camp. When you think that you can have a hidden sin and it affects no one. First of all, there's no such thing as a hidden sin. A secret sin. Because, first of all, God, is omniscient; he sees everything. Everything. <laughs> I tell kids in jail, especially the players, you know. i play a player, man. Women. Mm-hmm. I say, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, play, yeah. I say, hey, next time you get with a girl, why don't you uh, do a couple of things? But mainly, why don't you just hold hands before you get Intimate. And just pray and ask God to be there with you and to bless your time, dude. What you talking about, man? What you? That's crazy. I go, guess what? He's there anyway, cause he sees it all. He's like, oh, oh man, God sees all sin. The sin you think you keep hidden, He sees. I even think the cloud of witnesses, maybe Picky Boo sometime, if they're up there cheering us on that shouldn't give you condemnation it should give you strength in the moment of temptation they go no they don't want it no no i'm not gonna do it i want them to go yeah right on i want the demons to turn and go hmm. shame them i mean do y'all think spiritual warfare goes on absolutely it's real and so much of it happens up in your mind so god says destroy everything consecrate yourself if your life is stinking right now ask yourself God am I in sin have I harbored sin am I doing something that both me and you know is wrong and I'm trying to justify it that's the first thing you need to do at least be honest with yourself I heard that our mind is never more clever than when it comes time for self-deception can I hear an amen was oh, that a little too hard? Okay. Uh, I speaketh with you. That's why we need God's Holy Spirit to bring pure conviction and say, that's wrong. You know, when you're like, you get all lit, high, and then you're going for cutting the mattress tags off, and you know that's wrong. <laughs> it don't matter if you're using safety scissors, it's wrong. Don't. Okay. Anyway. I just pulled it for you back. (laughs) He's getting too heavy. Okay, that's a funny joke right there, man. God wants us to be faithful to him. And you have to ask yourself, Lord, is there anything in my life that I'm willing to surrender to you that's not pleasing to you? Hey, you can trust God. It's not going to kill you. Some of you, let me just go with the relational deal because that that tends to be one of the heavies in our culture is uh, sexual purity. It's big. And look, I talk to y'all just like I talk to the kids in jail. You know, I just go, hey, man, wouldn't it be great if, if everybody just obeyed the one commandment that sexual intimacy is between a man and a woman in marriage only? Ain't you know, those kids are like, you crazy, man. That's you know, huh? Until I explain a little bit more. I say, look here. And I love to tell my girls, the girls, don't sleep with no dudes. I don't care how much they make you feel loved or valued. If they really love you, if they really care for you, and they won't get all next to you, make them put a, a ring on it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Listen, not, not only make them put a ring on it, make them marry you. Make him marry you. What's wrong with waiting, girls? Come on. You're the one that controls this. But hey, you're not a victim. Oh, I just have to give myself to him. me Stop. You don't know how oh, I get tired of counseling young gals who are single. I go, stop. Don't fall to the guy's smooth words. It's the smooth guys that'll get you. Not the guy that comes up, hey, hey. Hey, look, hey. You know, it's them smooth rollers that'll come up and get next to you and then it's too late. And then you feel bad and, and I'm counseling, wait. And then on the other side, me and my wife will counsel couples, we'll counsel wives that, you know, they took the they took the advice way too late. Now they're in marriage and they're waiting. No, 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 no. Don't wait. Enjoy. Enjoy. Have babies, do whatever you want. Okay, listen, that's the enemy's plan to keep people unpure before marriage. And, and I'm talking about gals, and, and and then when they get married, to to rob their husband of sexual intimacy. That God has ordained to be so. My wife shares it at women's conferences. She she tells women, don't make your man susceptible to temptation of either porn or other women. Love your man. Love your man. Love your man. <laughs> and ask God to bless it. If you struggle with things, maybe you got issues from your past. So, therefore, you're, oh, ask God to touch you, to deal with you, to open you up to where you're, oh, you can enjoy something He designed. It is neither dirty nor wrong in the confines of marriage. It is blessed. And the enemy hates it, he hates intimacy between a husband and a wife. Victory did come. Chapter 8, you can read it. Although most of you won't. Most of you go home and watch football. But chapter 8, the Lord said to Joshua, Now do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take up the fighting men with you. Rise up and go up to Ai. And basically, they whooped them. They whooped them good. And God got the glory from it. Men get the credit, but God gets the glory. That's how he wants it. Let me say that's kind of one of the last things. A lot of you struggle... In your mind because you're like, you know what, Victor, I want to follow the Lord and I try, but it gets hard. And yes, it is hard following the Lord, but life is hard, period. Amen? I mean, life is hard. I'd rather follow the Lord and be in His will and get His grace and and power and, and sufficiency for that day. Some of you get bummed because you go, well, Victor, I try to follow the Lord. But I know people who ain't following God at all. They're evil. They do wrong, but their life seems so much better They got money, they got this, they got that. And you know what I tell you? Don't sweat it. Don't worry about them. God's got all that under control. You know what's true? Is that no evil deed will ever go unpunished. No evil deed will ever go unpunished. God watches it. There'll become a day of of reckoning and judgment. Where apart from Christ Jesus, people will pay the price in its eternity away from God. Do y'all know that? So don't worry. God loves you. He's a holy, righteous God, but he's a loving father. And some of you need to get right with him today. You need to confess your sin. And unlike Achan, who ended up being destroyed, you have a loving God who's giving you another chance.
1: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to check out some of the work Victor is doing beyond this podcast, around the world, and ways to help fund the continued efforts of All Things Possible Ministries at victormarks.com. You can also catch us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's episode has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.